0: Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. This is Bump and Stacy on Seattle Sports. Sports, streaming through the Seattle Sports app.
1: Now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Ross.
2: Here we go now? Spring training right around the corner. We're bringing on ESPN's David Schoenfield to talk Mariners and MLB. Now on the Emerald Wing Casino Sportsbook hotline, David, how's it going?
1: Uh, I'm good. I'm. I gotta go uh, shovel some snow, and I'm done with you guys. But otherwise, <laughs> all good. We got about a foot of snow out here in Connecticut.
2: It doesn't feel very <laughs> spring-like quite yet. Then for you, no.
1: We got <laughs> fooled. We had like. Record 55 degrees a couple days ago. No. That, well, it's still winter. What yeah, do
2: you do? That ding, uh, what are they, groundhog? He lied to us. He lied to us.
1: <laughs> exactly.
2: Uh, hey, David, a month ago, you gave the Mariners offseason an F grade. Now, I'm not mad at that. <laughs> I'm not mad at that. But um, there have been a couple changes since then. Uh, you've got Polanco and Santos trades. Uh, has your opinion changed a little bit? Are we up to a D-minus?
1: Yeah, it's funny. I'm actually working on my final off season grades, not, although not there's still a lot of players out there who right, haven't signed. Right. But yeah, I think I think I've been a little harsh on the Mariners and certainly I think these last two deals will raise that grade. Uh look, Jerry DePoto was handed, you know, a bad deal, right? I think he probably back at the end of the season thought he'd get a raise that payroll. So it's Not on him that the owners aren't giving him any money. he's had to you know finagle and deal his way through this off season and I think given that, I think he's done a pretty good job. Is this an a off season no, of course not. I'd probably give it a C. Are they any better you know um Potentially, yes. <laughs> I, I think the lineup might be slightly better than last year. Bump and, you know, Bump and I
2: can take it. You sees get degrees, David. <laughs> yeah, okay, we're fine with that. What do that. you guys think? What's the word
1: out there Is that as about right? Average off season, right?
2: It,
0: yeah, it sounds it sounds about right. Yeah, I think I feel, way, <laughs> I feel the same way, man. Um, I feel the same way. You know, we're we're hard on the Mariners out here, obviously because yeah. of the lack of success over the last twenty years, but. um, Everywhere I look, people are just raving about this rotation. So I'm going to give the Mariners fans something uh, good to uh, to listen to. How good is this rotation? What do you think the, uh, the potential is?
1: Hey, look, no doubt, you know, potentially right up there as good as any rotation. We know how good these top three are with Castillo, Gilbert, and Kirby, and I think this is the year George Kirby becomes the staff ace. I think he's a a Cy Young contender. And so the keys are going to be Bryce Miller and and Brian Wu. and we're reading about them. You know, both need to develop a pitch to get lefties out. Lefties hammered both of these guys. Um, The concern, can they make it through 30 starts, 150, 160 innings? Um, So that'll be a big test. My only concern is, There's not a lot of depth after those five. They traded Robbie Ray. They traded Gonzalez. So, you know, you don't really even have a number six starter. So that's the big concern if somebody gets injured.
2: Hey, uh, we had uh, two interesting seasons from Julio Rodriguez, obviously a phenomenal <laughs> rookie of the year type performance. Uh, and then, you know, it's it's always hard to meet the bar. I've got to call it a sophomore slump, even though it was still a great season, especially a hot August for Julio. Um, what are some of your expectations, and, and what are you curious about for his third year?
1: Yeah, it's all about the consistency, right? You know, let's be honest. The first couple months last year were – Really disappointing. He turned it on in the second half, so his final stats looked, uh, you know, what, basically a a match for his rookie year. But he's young enough where we do expect more. Is that unfair? No, that's his ability. That's Mm -hmm. his talent level is to be an MVP candidate, not just like a top-10 MVP guy. Uh, He's got to cut down the strikeouts, cut uh, cut down on the chase rate. Um, but he's at that age. He has the experience now. I think he'll do that. And um, Shohei's not in the league anymore, so that MVP race is a lot more wide open than it's been. Uh, and He has the ability to do that.
0: What do you think of the, uh, the Mariners outfield? Uh, you highlight Julio, Julio, obviously. You got uh, Luke as well. JK is no longer here. Just uh, your, your thoughts on the guys out there.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a lot of mix and matching, um, you know, platooning. You know, Mitch Haniger. we all love Mitch. Nice to have him back. He's going to be a huge key. You know, injured last year with the Giants, did not have a good year. You know, how old is he now? 33, 34, you know. So it's kind of a precarious age for him. Um, so I'm worried about him. You know, I like some of the young guys. Luke Rayley. I thought was a nice acquisition from Tampa Bay, he's got some power. He can, you know, slide in, play some first base if needed. Um, so we'll see, you know, Canzone, he has some potential. Kate Marlowe, potential. These guys are going to get an opportunity and we'll see who steps up.
2: This division's really interesting uh, at the top for those top three. You've got. Uh, obviously all three that were in the tightest kind of divisional race to close out the season, and we were all thinking, like, what if the Mariners actually do this? I can't believe it might happen. (laughs) Obviously, eventually the Astros pull ahead. The Rangers get that wild card. Texas goes on to win the World Series, but both teams in the ALCS, Mariners at home watching. I can't tell whether where the division is is more reflective of when these teams were kind of all head-to-head or is more reflective of, Texas and Houston just being that much further ahead than Seattle how do you see it
1: yeah look it was close last year right here's how I would view it I don't think the Astros had their best season they had a lot of injuries and issues with their rotation Um, so I think their starting rotation will be a little better they'll have Verlander there for, for the whole season couple guys coming back from injuries they signed Josh Hader <laughs> to be their closer. So I think their pitching is going to be a little better. The Rangers, um, they're going to have Evan Carter for a full season. We saw what he did October. This guy is going to be a, a really good player. They have another rookie, their first-round pick last year, Wyatt Lankford, who tore up the minors. He looks like he's ready. Um, so he's going to be in the outfield in the D8. So as scary as it is, their offense, might be even better. Now, they got some issues with their pitching staff, right? Max Scherzer is going to be out until the second half, DeGrob's going to, you know, we don't know when he's coming back. Um, so I see it Seattle pitching edge, Houston overall edge, Texas offensive edge. I think it's going to be another tight three three team race.
0: Uh, yeah. I look at just the teams that spend, right? I'm from L.A., so obviously I look at the Dodgers and see what they're doing. And we know that yep. the Mariners aren't going to do that. That's not what they do. They're going to save money. Uh, they're going to bargain, right? Is there a, an organization that you see that have made the moves that you feel like the Mariners could make and kind of duplicate what they're doing and have some type of success?
1: Because it's not fair to compare to me to compare the Mariners to like Tampa Bay, right? They're the ultimate example of the team that does more with less. But even then, Seattle, I think their payroll is about 45 to 50 million higher than Tampa Bay. I think the argument, and this comes down to ownership, you know, how much more could the Mariners owners afford to spend? And they kind of act like they're a bottom third market when they're not they should be look back in the 2015 16 era even though they weren't very good they had a they were 10th in payroll one of those years so there's been a time where they did spend more relative to the league so look and I know this is what Mariner fans are griping about and they're right it's all on the ownership but let's not pretend this is a Tampa Bay situation here you know i think an extra $20 million would go a long ways to improving this team and ownership's just not willing to do it, and that, that's frustrating.
2: In my mind, it feels like it's always been like that, but I've never followed baseball as closely as you have, and I know that you're a Mariners fan, so you've kept kind of a closer watch on this team. Do you think that there's a point – when that became the case for them? Like, I've heard the argument of, like, oh, maybe, you know, Robinson Cano and Nelson Cruz not getting that return made them nervous. Like, is there a point when you think the ownership's approach to spending changed, or is this always the way you've seen the Mariners?
1: Yeah, well, look, hey, you go back to even when they were great in 2001, 2002. I remember – um Pat Gillick was the GM in one of those years, 2002 or 2003, they weren't allowed to make any addition to the trade deadline. And they ended up winning like 93 games, but that didn't make the playoffs Mm -hmm. back then. So that was a different owner. I think that was still the Nintendo days, right? You know, so there's always been (laughs) – A reluctance, yes, for Seattle ownership to go that little extra step. You know, maybe in in the 2010s when they spent some money and never made the playoffs, that was a turnoff. Um, You know, the the Nelson Cruz signing worked out. Cano for five years was was a really nice player. Um, But, again, I always say the most important person in any organization is the owner, and that's probably – the biggest strike against the Mariners right now
0: we know we need the uh, the ballers to do their thing on this roster but uh, I love a good story an underdog story is there somebody on this roster you feel like might not get a lot of attention but at some point during the season um, he needs to step or is going to step up and surprise some folks
1: oh that's a good question um yeah, I think Josh Rojas is, is another key guy. You know, he had a couple good years with Arizona. Um, you know, he was okay when he came over from Seattle, uh, from Arizona last year. Not great, but I think there's a little more in him. Um, and he's going to be in that second base, third base, kind of three guys, you know, rotating, you know, for two spots. I think he could surprise and be a nice, you know, role player for for Seattle this year.
2: Uh, When you look at this uh, pitching staff, I'm kind of cycling back to it. I know Bump asked about it earlier. Uh, I am so curious to see how far George Kirby can get this year, what we're going to get from Luis Castillo. Obviously, it has to be a strength for the Mariners, but what kind of ceiling are we looking at?
1: Yeah, I mean, I know at some point I'll have to make my my Cy Young prediction in uh, the American League. I think Garrett Cole, who won last year, He's the obvious favorite because he's really the only pitcher in the AL who's been good each of the last three years. Mm -hmm. But George Kirby, since he came up, he's been really good. He throws so many strikes, never beats himself. Um, He's in a good park. um, And he just seems to, you know, from his freshman year to his sophomore year. Last year, made some tweaks. I think we're going to see a few more tweaks. Um, He's proven durable. You know, I don't think he's ever – missed a start, right, since he joined joined the Major League team. So he's right up there. I, I think he's going to, like I said, I think he's going to be the ace of the staff and a definite Cy Young contender.
2: And what I'm hearing is he might tempt you away from Garrett Cole as your pick, or is it still going to be yeah. Cole? Or should we not know? I don't want to spoil the, the feature.
1: I don't know. I haven't done it yet. We'll do that at the <laughs> we'll end of see, March. We'll see. But, I mean, like, the one thing Garrett Cole does, he goes out there and pitches 200 innings, right? You know, he's about the only one of the few guys that does that anymore. So, um, Kirby, you know, it's a few more innings. So how is he going to do that? You know, um, we all know that game member when he got left in too long and he complained, but so to me, can he be a guy that throws 110 pitches a start rather than 95 to hundred that gets him a few more innings that helps his value that makes him a little better. Cy young candidate.
0: There's a lost name in this whole thing, man. We've talked about management and, and the players and whatnot, but good old service, man. He's just waiting around to, to see what happens <laughs> and and see what, what uh what his team looks like. What how important is his role this year with all the additions, with with Julio becoming, you know, the star that he is? Where does where does service fall in this whole situation?
1: Yeah, I think he's fine. I mean, I don't think anybody would necessarily say he's the best manager in the game, but Look, the one thing he's handled through all these years, with all the moves the Poto makes, right, there's that constant change over in the clubhouse, but the Mariners always seem to have pretty good team chemistry, right? I don't think you know I mean, I know you hear comments, Robbie Ray I just saw, made some comment about the team morale declining after they trade Paul Seawald. Well, I don't get that. They went twenty one and six in August, so I didn't see any team morale suffering after the traded Paul well yeah the players complained but um they kept winning you know so you got to give service some credit for that despite this changeover you know um chemistry doesn't ever seem
2: to be a problem here he is ESPN's David Schoenfield. okay I know you're working on a couple things but uh what do you got coming up soonest that we can promote for you
1: uh, well, I have a piece today on the remaining free agents, uh, the top ten. Unfortunately, I don't think the Mariners are going to sign any of them. <laughs> That's fair. As much as I would, uh, Blake Snell, we all know he wanted to come home to Seattle, yeah. right? But look, he's offering. You know, if you believe the reports, his asks are are just too astronomical for any team, let alone the Mariners. You know, but. uh Hey, you never know. Maybe they'll sneak in and sign one of these guys, but uh, I wouldn't expect that.
2: All right. Well, keep an eye on the latest from David Schoenfield, including that free agency piece up on ESPN.com. He is David Schoenfield. Thanks so much, David. We appreciate it, as always.
1: All right. You bet. Thanks a
2: lot. Wow. Bump with two good questions. Here's the thing. With the second one, I got in Curtis's ear, and I said... David is going to tell Bump good question because yeah, I knew it was it. a good question. You know was why? a good because question. you know a
0: good question when you hear it, I know Stace. a good question
2: when I hear it. And I was like, I already know. I know if that he's going to say it.
0: Bump, if you had gotten a third, I would have thrown my hat off. Hey, that's right. why she I hopped told, in for another yeah, question. I did, She's like, nah, no, no, you're, you're, you're done,
2: I, Bump. You're done. And, I, and I, almost, I, out, I almost prefaced a question with, oh, this is kind of a dumb question because it automatically <laughs> makes the, the guests say, no, it's a good question, <laughs> which is how I cheat to add for points. Exactly. It's... I'm so dumb for asking this. No, you're smart. No. no. So I but I, I didn't do it. I decided to play fair. Appreciate And bump one that round. You know what I mean? It, it was two great questions for David Schoenfield, and he gave some really fascinating insight. We'll We've guess. got Brady Henderson
0: coming up at one o'clock today. Yeah. Now Brady, I, he's not as as liberal with the great no, questions. You gotta no. you gotta earn it with him. I think <laughs> that
2: I think I could get one out of Brady. Okay. I think I could.
0: You wanna put some push ups on it? Yeah, sure. Twenty.
2: 20 Are we kidding You
0: can separate them 10 and 10 <laughs> Are we You can kidding? separate them. Oh my god
2: fine 20 push ups Alright cool I, As long as I can separate it
0: Yeah you can separate it Oh my you can god You break it into fives yeah, If we'll you have, want We'll have two commercial
2: breaks okay, After fine. Brady's on Okay yeah. Uh, all right, let's get to four-down territory.
0: This, this is four-down territory. Going inside, inside the, the game. game with former Seahawks and Coug wide receiver Michael Bumpus.
2: It's never too early, even when it is. First down, which coaches are on the way too early 2024 hot seat?
0: I feel like such a gossip girl with this one. I like it. I'm like, ah, oh, let's, let's stir some stuff up.
2: I love these conversations. Um,
0: I think you got to look at the situation in Chicago. Yep. And, and look, Jeff Saturday, he was on ESPN, offensive lineman. He threw out a scenario that I thought was crazy. He goes, what if the Bears keep Justin Fields and still draft Caleb Williams? I go, what good is that? Justin Fields is not a bridge-type quarterback, no. right? Crazy. And then I look at the Saints. Like, all right, Dennis Allen, offense wasn't bad last year. Defense wasn't horrible last year, but you're in a winnable division. We'll see what happens. And then this one, man, Jacksonville, because uh, in 2022, they were the hype of their division. They finished 9-8. and eight. This year, they, they do the same thing. They finished 9-8, and eight, but you saw kind of a drop-off towards the end of the season Uh, Last year, in 2022, they won six of their last seven. This year, they lost five of their last six. The reason why there are only three coaches is because everybody else got fired and everyone else got a new team. So, me being the gossip girl here, just stirring some stuff up. All right, those are my guys who uh, you got to do something this year or people will be uh, asking questions about your job.
2: XOXO. Second down. (laughs) Yesterday, you said Patrick Mahomes is not the GOAT yet, but... Here's something he can do next year that you do feel will accelerate that process and make him the best ever. What is it?
0: I think Pat Mahomes is the most talented quarterback I've ever seen, Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I still lean towards Tom Brady just because he's been in so many situations and has come through clutch. But Mahomes is on his way. But all he has to do is win another Super Bowl next year. No quarterback has ever done that in the NFL. You win three in a row, it's official. There's no debate. You go ahead and put him up on Mount Rushmore. It is what it is. The Patriots had at one, two in a row in 08. You got Broncos, Cowboys, Niners, Steelers, Dolphins, Green Bay. They did not win three in a row. That's all Pat Mahomes has to do is win three in a row. Easier said than done. Yeah. I want to see who's going to be here who's not going to be there. We just talked about all their contracts and how they've um, uh, how they built this roster. But every year we know that there's turnover. But two things are going to be true. Three things. Andy Reid's going to be there. Pat Mahomes is going to be there. Travis Kelsey will be there. And uh, uh, Spagnolo, man, with that defense. I assume he's going to be there as well. All he has to do is win next year, and then I will put my stamp of approval and say he is the greatest of all time.
2: If Patrick Mahomes wins four in a row, but that's all he does... He does, uh, but <laughs> meaning that he still finishes with, I think it would be two fewer rings than Brady, and right. Brady will have still beaten him in the Super Bowl. Right? Is, is Pat Mahomes, does he still take that ground?
0: after winning four in a row? Four in yeah, a row, yeah, easily. Imagine easily. Bills fans,
2: they already hate him, <laughs> <laughs> and now they're like, We lost four in a row, and you, I, I'd say it's enough. Speaking of, I love this third down, third yeah. down. Mahomes was drafted 10th overall back in 2017, which means nine teams passed on him. I love this. Which one of those teams? would have a Super Bowl by now if they did pick Mahomes.
0: This is wild right here. First big ups to the text lines. Mike McCarthy's on the hot seat, too. Uh, oh, for the yeah. Cowboys. Oh, really good one, yeah. which is
2: wild. Three 12-1 seasons.
0: Right, crazy. But they're, but they're right. But I'm looking at the situation. Cleveland passed on him. Now, you got Miles Garrett out that situation. But uh you got Nick Chubb. Imagine him uh, playing with Nick Chubb, four-time pro bowler. Um, you got Amari Cooper at this point of uh, of his career as well. But it's a tough division I, I I wrote tough blank division you know what I'm talking about and then I look at the San Francisco 49ers they drafted Solomon Thomas but he would have George Kittle to throw the ball to tight end and he would have uh, Marquise Goodwin as well But this one is the most intriguing to me for some reason. What about the Tennessee Titans, Imagine Patrick Mahomes with Derrick Henry. He had DeMarco Murray at that time, Delaney Walker as well. You eventually get A.J. Brown. I'm looking at the Tennessee Titans and saying they might have missed an opportunity here. So uh, those are the three. All the other teams that pick before them and saying, okay, he, he will be fine in those situations. But you need someone to uh, to catch the football for them. Cleveland's had a great defense over the past few years. So has San Francisco. But Tennessee Patrick Mahomes with that run game and A.J. Brown going over the top. I look at that situation and say, man, the world, the NFL could be a different place if Mahomes went before number 10.
2: Fourth down. Well, I hate to put a damper on anyone's Tuesday, but what's a horrible reality about the Seahawks roster?
0: Now, we've been talking about this roster all day. You got to make a decision with Geno Smith, right? $31 million cap hit, 17 million dead. We'll see what happens on Friday. Um, this guy, I hate it, but they're going to have to have a conversation about it. Tyler Lockett, Ooh. $27 million cap hit, $19 million dead cap space. And then we mentioned tight ends and didn't mention this guy, Uncle Will Disley. Mm-hmm. Love what he brings to the team, but you got Noah Fan, You got Colby Parkinson, $10 million cap hit, $3 million dead cap. And then you got Diggs as well. Hate talking about him. Like, all these guys, I want to come back. But this is the reality of the NFL. You gotta sit down and make decisions based off of what you're trying to acquire. And if you're trying to acquire all the pieces that you mentioned, we use Kansas City as an example, great offensive linemen, sprinkling talent everywhere else. You gotta get rid of some guys who are getting paid a lot of money. So I'm not saying they're going to get rid of them, but these are guys that Mike McDonald and John Schneider in the gang are sitting at the table and saying, all right, what do we want to do? What does our future look like with or without these
1: guys? You know,
2: I was going to say as Bump and I progress more through the offseason, as we enter free agency on march 13th i believe maybe 14th um, we'll answer some of these questions what we might do instead is because some decisions could be made before free agency if you guys have specific questions about these players about free agency anything like that text them into the mac and jacks text line and i'll start saving them and we'll have a segment maybe this week before we get to the deadline for gino Mm -hmm. and the franchise tag window opening um, to answer some of those so 866-979-3776 we'll start that maybe tomorrow or thursday you're listening to Bump and Stacy on Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Another huge change is coming to college football, plus an awkward 49ers moment. That's next.
1: This is the timeline with Bump and Stacy. Brought to you by 1-800 DUI Away
2: the timeline on Bump and Stacy reading the top stories you're going to see on your own timeline. Bump, I know you're going to care about this one. Tell me how you'd feel about this back when you were at Wazoo. Changes coming to college football. Helmet communication is expected to be approved by the end of the month when the NCAA Rules Committee meets. Um, finally, is I guess yeah. my, my point about this. There are people that watch college football regularly that still don't know helmet communication is not what it is in college versus elsewhere.
0: It's crazy, man. You got college guys holding signals up on the sideline, yeah, doing yeah. all these hand doing gestures. And you know who yeah. You know who we blame for this is Jim Harbaugh. But thank you, Jim, because yeah. you have forced NCAA to give the program.
2: We appreciate you.
0: The first NFL game that had the helmet communication was in 1994, 30 years ago, and we're just now getting on board with this at the collegiate level. I, The job of college as a student and as an athlete, Prepare you for life. If you are a college quarterback, you got to get prepared for the NFL. Mm -hmm. Get the helmet communication in. 30 years too late, but at least it's going down.
2: I feel like you didn't need to say 1994 was 30 years ago so loudly.
0: Hey, you know what I mean? You like know, it
2: was a little, it was a little harsh.
0: I've accepted where I am in life.
2: I haven't. I think you should
0: too. <laughs> You're in a good place. I
2: think that this is a. I think that college football is eh, maybe not in the best place, but um, I do think that this is a huge improvement for them, uh, and and I am very down for this. So an update for everyone: changes coming to college football. Though you might actually like these ones. Next up, this one is interesting. Um, now you mentioned in your four down territory, talking about coaches that were on the hot seat, that you were feeling a little gossip girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm feeling that way with this story for you. Um, but it's also interesting, and I know a lot of fans don't like the 49ers, and this is some messiness with the 49ers, so I think you'll like it. Um, 49ers guard John Feliciano inadvertently threw another teammate under the bus. So this is how it happened. Um, there was a, another outlet that tweeted out what looked like a missed block. Um Uh, during the Super Bowl. And John Feliciano um, was trying to stand up for another teammate who looked like he missed a block on Chris Jones by saying that's not his job. Now, anyone looking at this clip looks at the player next to him, Spencer uh, Burford, and immediately knows Spencer Burford is the player that was supposed to have that block that messed up that's being thrown under the bus. So Spencer Burford then logs on to X. Sees all these people talking about him, and not only that, but sees that John Feliciano has thrown him under the bus, and uh, not a huge fan of that. Like, not fun waking up to this one. Um, now, you would think that it's just messy after this, and, like, maybe it becomes a problem. I will say, John right Feliciano thing. did the right thing. So, Spencer Burford says, sheesh, I open up my app to this. Get well soon, bro. Jonathan Feliciano tweets, I'm sorry, bro. I woke up hungover uh, and trying to have uh, someone's back. I hurt you. I apologize. You got nothing but greatness ahead of you. Sorry, bro.
0: You missed out. You left out the best part. He's being a buster. He called himself.
2: I know, but I was making it (laughs) radio friendly.
0: (laughs) No, this this is male friendship in a nutshell right here. You say some things you might not mean. it. You're a little hungover. Had a long day. You just lost the Super Bowl. Your guy blows his assignment. You're not lying about the situation. But all it takes is a, you know what, I messed that up. Mm -hmm. You know, know, my bad, dog. I shouldn't have done that. And it's over. But, um, yeah, he did throw his boy under the bus for sure. Because if he gets that block, the Niners probably score a touchdown. And uh, we might see a third overtime. Or a second overtime, sorry.
2: I don't mean to... Like, turn this into a stereotype, but I am always in awe of that. Like, there's no equivalent in my experience among my female friendships of like two guys will literally fight with each other and be like, all right, bro, we're good. We good? Yeah, we good. Yeah, we're good. I'm always like, what? What You guys were physically fighting like 24 hours ago. What's going on? Now you're playing video games? That's what we do. It's so wild. Y'all got to sit there
0: and explain why you were feeling this way, how it made you feel, yeah. how to correct this Because that's next a healthy time.
2: way to express emotion. This is
0: too much. <laughs>
2: <laughs> next story, the A's have made good history for once. The team's higher broadcaster, Jenny Kavnar, means she's the first woman in MLB history to be a team's primary play-by-play announcer, comma, don't read the comments on this announcement.
0: Did the I comments.
2: miss it? No, 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 because no, the comments are horrible. Oh, I
0: thought but I thought I missed something there.
2: No, but uh, Jenny Kavnar, uh becoming the first primary play by they just hate on her because she's a woman. Of course they are. They're Come saying on, man. was it because she's good or because she's female? No one's hiring a horrible broadcaster.
0: Nah, you can't <laughs> you can't fake that. And uh, big ups to Jenny and big ups to the A's for for doing it. I when uh, when Angie Minting hops on the mic. Um, I love listening to her. I mean, she knows the game. Just because you didn't necessarily play that game, baseball, um, doesn't mean you don't know the game. Um, I don't know Jenny's background at all. Maybe she was a softball player. I'm not sure. But even if she wasn't, we just hired a guy who uh, didn't play college football over here in Seattle as the head Mm -hmm. coach of this organization. So, man, uh, all that stuff is not – I wouldn't say it's uh, it's overrated because you get a different – um perspective when someone who's done it before calls a game or is a coach, but you also get a different perspective from someone who hasn't called it and sees it from a different angle. So big ups, Jenny. Big ups, A's. Proud of y'all.
2: Yeah. It's I think that people can see hires of uh voices and faces they don't typically recognize. And they think, oh, this is just the league being politically correct. This is the league overcorrecting. This is the league making, quote, a diversity hire in like In my opinion rarely is that actually the case like usually it's someone who's qualified who they really fell in love with who they think is perfect for the job and who they're willing to try out even though that person hasn't typically been represented an organization is not going to tank itself to hurt itself to be willing to lose money lose viewers Mm -hmm. um just to feel like they have good pr like i would wager That this communications department, that this team felt like Jenny was a fantastic voice, that they listened to hours and hours and hours of her doing work and thought, you know what, we really love what she's doing. She's got a ton of experience. She's the most experienced person applying for this, and we love her for it. And I just push back against people who typically say like, oh, well, is it the most qualified person? I guarantee you it's a qualified person. Like a they qualify. It and is a qualified person. And what's
0: most qualified to you. I mean, right. someone who has more experience doesn't necessarily make them better. You know, she's as good at what she does. So she got an opportunity and she probably hold it down for 20, 25 years like most play-by-play right. uh, people in baseball do.
2: Also, how many great voices have been just around sports? Doris Burke obviously being one of them, obviously, in the NBA and not MLB. But there are so many talented women who I – I think that some people just don't like hearing a woman's voice. You could hear verbatim a man could read a script yeah. that that Doris Burke, who's now almost universally respected, but writes out and they and some listeners would be totally fine with it, word for word, the same thing.
0: Why do people hate Tony Romo so much? I don't. I don't know. I, I think he's pretty good. That's just me though. There's a lot of people hating on Tony Romo.
2: Uh, I think people just decide to hate people. I think people hate on Joe Buck, and I think he's great. Yeah. I think people just decide they don't hate people. So they do. Remember when everyone decided, and I mentioned this a million times. A while ago when Jennifer Lawrence was winning Oscars, Mm -hmm. Anne Hathaway was kind of pitted against her. And people decided they just didn't like Anne Hathaway. She's so unproblematic and normal and fine and like a good actress. And now we all (laughs) like her again. Like there was just a period in time when we decided Uh, we didn't like someone.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, do you think it's because Tony Romo was a cowboy? Maybe. I think that has to be it. Maybe it has something to do with it. That has to be it. There's no other reason. He's totally fine. Uh, All right. Um, Last story here in the timeline. You'll like this one. Tiger Woods. We got a Tiger Woods update. He has partnered with TaylorMade. We were wondering uh, when he broke ties with Nike, what his new line would be. His new brand is called Sunday Red.
0: One, Tiger, why? Why? Because I, I used to swing TaylorMade clubs, and now I swing Titleist 200s, Stacy. And now I feel like I got to go back to TaylorMade because my man Tiger is over there. Two, why Sunday Red? I know Sunday, the word Sunday, the day of the week Sunday, but it's sun, sun
2: space, day. day.
0: I need an explanation. I need it to make sense to me. Like, it makes sense, but it don't make sense at the same time. But whatever Tiger puts out there, it is going to sell. Tiger Woods could, uh, could sell socks, and they're going to sell out in, in half an hour because golfers were all part of the same clan, all part of the same cult, and he is the leader of the cult, Tiger Woods.
2: There's uh, an explanation for the space, uh, and it looks like Sunday Red is the color that Mr. Woods has made very famous on Sunday. This is from the Taylor-Made CEO. We know that. But Mr. Woods plays golf on more than just Sundays. That's the explanation I'm not Not kidding.
0: good enough. That's
2: the explanation.
0: Not good enough. Anymore.
2: <laughs> it just says, hey, what's the reason for the space? That's it. He plays golf on more than just Sundays. I can't make it make sense, you know? I guess. It's not, <laughs> it's not my choice. <laughs> I guess. My theory is that they thought it looked cooler with the logo because
0: mm. okay. there's
2: like the even spacing of the three letters and, you know, they're all, or excuse me, the three words, they're all three letters. That's my theory.
0: All right. I'll 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 take your theory because you know? that didn't make sense to me. Before we go to break. Yes. You guys want to hear uh, this video that the Mariners posted of guys just throwing the ball around?
2: Yes, I uh, would. Mm. Mm. Man, those noises. Remember mm. when... Uh, oh. Remember when there was the lockout and we were doing baseball at ASMR? to give just people get just it. to so give people like hey there's <laughs> like, no spring training happening hey, but take a listen to these this guys are taking <laughs> swings in the cages <laughs> and I like, know ah! y'all are, you all are sickos for this look at it just take a listen <sighs> speaking of the Mariners tune into the hot stove show tonight with Gary Hill and Aaron Goldsmith from 7 to 9 p.m. guests include Gabe Spire, Brian Wu and top prospect Cole Young that's a great lineup you're listening to bump and Stacy on Seattle sports in the Seattle sports app coming up at 1145 and feel free to send in your suggestions sports narrative. We are absolutely tired of hearing that's next.
1: Bumpin' Stacy, powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios on Seattle Sports. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Ross.
2: Now, we work in an industry where we often lean on sports narratives, which means kind of the conversations we have over and over. Oh, is Tom Brady the GOAT or is it Patrick Mahomes? I personally like having some of these hypothetical conversations, I can think they're really fun. But there are some that grate on you. And each person's different, right? I might still like an MJ-LeBron conversation. Someone else might be absolutely over it. Please don't let me ever hear it again. So what (laughs) are... Because you're having
0: the wrong one. It's
2: Kobe-MJ. Exactly. So what (laughs) sports conversations are you so sick of hearing? And it's got to be a narrative, okay? It's Mm got to be something that people constantly are trying to say is just a truth about things or just how things are. And you're like, I'm so tired of hearing it because it's not true. Um, and and you're just over it. So we do have MJ versus LeBron. Um, uh, someone else said I'm sick and tired of people defending Tony Romo. Uh, they're joking. <laughs> they're joking. Um, that baseball doesn't have a salary cap problem. Um, so I'm going to get to a few of the ones uh, that people sent in. Um, but uh, what are uh, what's a narrative that you're so tired of hearing?
0: Oh, this is a big one. Okay, and I love it because. I feel like you and I defended this last year at some point, or at least had a conversation about it. I don't Mm -hmm. know if you defended it or not, but I definitely uh, defended this, that you can't pay your quarterback X amount of dollars and win a Super Bowl. Pat Mahomes' cap hit – $58 $58 million, 23% of that cap. And guess what? They won two of them things, two in a row. So there is a way. So all of this, you can't pay the quarterback over 20% of your salary or you're not going to get it done. That is false. Now, Pat Mahomes is one of the greatest to do it. I right, can't ignore that. Um, He also has helped by one of the greatest tight ends to do it. But you got to surround him with talent. And how do you do that? You go and you get a few guys, but you got to hit – On the draft. That's how you do it. A couple pieces here and there, but you have to hit on your draft picks. And we have seen that with the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm -hmm. So that one's done. I don't want to hear no more. All right. You can pay your quarterback whatever. All right. Especially if he's Pat Mahomes and you can still win Super Bowl championships. Two of them things going for three. That conversation is done.
2: (laughs) 253 that the NFL isn't scripted. (laughs) That well, is ready. who's
0: supposed to be in the Super Bowl this year? It was supposed to be the Ravens. Yeah, 49. And the Niners. Didn't happen.
2: Uh, but then you can have people going, well, then Taylor's dating Travis. Of course, the NFL wants the Chiefs to be in the Super Bowl. Well,
0: and what about the CBS executive before the Super Bowl
2: saying, well, we were promised a double overtime game. Open your third eye. About three seconds away from double overtime. Uh, 206, Russell Wilson. People still on that stuff. Um, what about
0: it? What, what specifically? What do you think he's yeah, talking about? This could about?
2: go a number of ways. This could yeah. go a number of ways. Maybe the narrative being like, get over it. Like Russell Wilson isn't a Seahawk anymore. You mm-hmm. don't uh, You don't have to go through this whole thing of hating on him. I don't know. I'm yeah. guessing that's maybe what this person means. Maybe not. They could, think 206, so. you can send in uh, more of your explanation. Uh, now I have competing ones. Um, From Nelson and Kent, I'm sick of people saying Gino isn't good. From the 509, I'm so tired of hearing Gino's the future.
1: (laughs) Right next to each other. (laughs) Oh, that's
0: awesome. I agree with both of you.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think think that the Seahawks' future, long-term future, is in a young quarterback they can draft. I also think that people who think Gino is the biggest problem with the Seahawks are just objectively wrong.
0: Gino is whoever the Seahawks make him. If they make him the future, he's the future. If they make him a bridge, he's a bridge. No matter what we think. But it matters what Mike and John and Grubb think, and uh, we'll find out here by Friday.
2: Yeah. Ooh, from Joe in Spokane, I'm sick and tired of the narrative that the Dallas Cowboys are America's team.
0: It's hard to argue that, though, because all their games, I mean, they're the most watched team in the NFL. Yeah. Everyone watches the Cowboys.
2: Also, sometimes narratives are true. Like, there's a narrative that the Cowboys are – um, you know, they choke in the playoffs. Facts. That's true. Facts. That happens. Like some yeah. narratives are true. Like you could,
0: you could wear a Cowboys hat and Yankees cap in a completely different country where they hardly even watch sports. And there's a chance someone's going to recognize those logos. Yeah. That's how just crazy it is.
2: Ooh, I like this one uh, that the Mariners can't spend money. That was really important. David Showenfield Can't spin or
0: won't spin.
2: Can't. So can't. David Schoenfield was on with us earlier. This is, I think probably more in line with what he's saying that they kind of act like they're a bottom third market when they're not, is what he said. So I think that's listeners probably echoing that.
0: Yeah, they they can definitely spend money. Um, they just don't want to spend money. They are, it seems as if they are more concerned about profitability, which makes sense. This is a business, but at some point, you got to give the fans what they want. And do they really think they do that every year? Like Because even with this, I, I'm okay with this off season. I get it, I understand yeah. it. But I wonder, do they genuinely feel like... We did it. We did it. We put together a championship type squad.
2: Um, how about this one? Uh I'm sick and tired of hearing Babe Ruth is better than Otani.
0: I've I, you know what? I, I talked to a lot of baseball guys that I respect, and none of them say that.
2: That Babe Ruth is you mean they all say Otani's the best player. They all player say Otani's
0: the the greatest thing they've ever seen.
2: He is the best player we've ever seen. I think that we look at this thing and we go. We confuse a deep-rooted respect for history and the firsts of things with that being the best. Mm -hmm. Like, I can recognize that, um, you know, God, I'm thinking of, like, you know, uh, one of the earliest teams. that Like, Joe Namath did great things for the Jets and also that there are 15 quarterbacks I'd take over Joe Namath.
0: Probably more than fifteen. More than fifteen,
2: but the fur coat ups it.
0: Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh It does
2: add a caliber of swagger that I will consider.
0: Anything that was done when uh, there there were no satellites giving us cable. Yeah, or 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 whatever information we get, I have to question because you play the game telephone. It's he say she say. I can tell you a message. You can tell it to Curtis. Curtis tells it to Matt. Well, by the time it gets to me, something's off a little yes. bit. Yes.
2: Also, you were playing in a still segregated league. And I'm sorry, did you watch Babe Ruth? Like, who telling me Babe Ruth was better <laughs> watched Babe Ruth? <laughs> and they were like, look, I, I just saw Babe. I saw that one clip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really, like, did you watch Babe Ruth's career? Or are you just looking at stats in a league that is worlds different than it is now, saying, like, well, what Babe did just won't be touched, you know? Like, I just, it's okay to say that Shohei Otani is the best thing we've seen. That doesn't disrespect legends that have been in the league before. Yeah. Remember when I wanted to get the Ouija board to ask Babe Ruth if he thought Shohei was uh-huh. better? And then we got all those people texting in begging me not to do that. And yeah. then I scared, I got scared.
0: Were you really going to do it? I don't mess with that <laughs> I Ouija thought, stuff. Well,
2: I thought about it because I didn't believe in it. I was like, it's it's $14 from Amazon. It's not real. <laughs> uh, but then enough people were like, Stacy, I'm telling you, this is, do not do this. and I, And I scared myself. Good. So now I won't do it, but I'm curious. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, do we have time? We have time for maybe one or two more. Um, let's see. I'm sick and tired of, but can he win you a Super Bowl? It's such a bad way of evaluating quarterbacks. What do you think of that? I don't know. Uh,
0: I don't know. I think that's part of evaluating a quarterback because why do you play the game to win a Super Bowl? And there aren't many underdog stories of, the of, of guys winning the Super Bowl at the quarterback spot. We almost had it this year. I think Nick Foles would be the most recent one of a, an underdog type of dude to win a Super Bowl. But you look at the Super Bowl winning teams, nine times out of 10, they got some ballers at the quarterback spot. So that's why you say, can he win you a Super Bowl?
2: So the Russell Wilson person responded and explained their take. I'm sick and tired of the narrative that Russ only won because of the defense and run game. Mm. They don't make either Super Bowl without Russell Wilson. I
0: agree with that. Yeah, I, I agree think with that too. LOB did a lot of heavy lifting, but. Russell had to do his thing too.
2: Yeah. Uh, all right, you guys. We are uh, we're halfway through the show already. This day is going by. Um, now we, you know, when someone's like, "Hey, uh, where do you want to eat?" and you can't make up your mind, but you're like, "I know what I don't want." And sometimes that's enough to help narrow it down. That's kind of the approach we're taking to the Seahawks off season. I don't know exactly what I want them to do at 16. I don't know exactly who I want them to keep and the decisions I want them to make with the roster. But there are three things we don't want them to do. That's coming up next.